Hello and welcome to the Coon Hunting University Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Duncan. And like always, class is in session. Coon Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHUPODCAST at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coon Hunting University. You can find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. And GNR Cedar Dog Boxes. They make a high-quality cedar dog box at a great, affordable price. If you're in the market for a new dog box, reach out to Gavin at 615-962-5266. So today on Coonut University, I'm joined by Mr. Kent Spencer and Mr. Andy House. And Mr. Andy's going to be kind of helping Mr. Kent out a little bit. Uh, They've hunted together a long time. And so, Mr. Kent, if you could, just kind of introduce yourself. Tell the folks listening to this a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 87 year old, and uh, I've been. Well, I started coon hunting before. Well, mostly possum hunting before I started school, and been going to dogs ever since. So, how, how, what more can you say? You know, um, I came from a large family. There was 14 of us kids, and my mother and father raised another child that was no relation to us at all. And so that gives you some insight to how good of people they were um the boy they raised uh, he came there when he was seven or eight years old and from then on my mother and father were his mother and father but there was uh eight boys and six girls in my family and uh all the boys hunted to some some extent uh but my oldest brother and and I was only really serious uh, night hunters. And uh, I've been hunting all my life, except about, about six years. I went in service. And then after I got out of that, I stayed in California. I went to school out in California. And that was, during that time, was very limited hunting. But uh, I got back to North Carolina. And I got back in uh, 1959. And... Um, just about immediately, I started back coon hunting with all the people. My oldest brother, he had a dog he let me have, and I took up from that point and been hunting off and on ever since. But uh, in the last couple of years, I've really slowed down because my wife had a lot of heart problems, and that she's my number one priority, so that, that goes there. So. I was raised in the mountains in North Carolina, a little place called Nebo. And uh, after I got out of service, I came back to Greensboro. And my time spent around there and hunting around Greensboro, North Carolina. And from there, I moved to Danville, Virginia. And uh, that's when I got into walker dogs when I was up in Virginia. And that's the whole story to start with. Now... Anything you want to know, you can go ahead and ask me, and I'll do the best to answer you as truthfully as I can. You have to remember now, I'm 87-year-old, so the lack of memory is gone. 
<laughs> yeah, I understand that. Uh, and Ms. Kent, you also have Mr. Andy right there with you. Uh, Andy, you kind of told me a story about how you and him kind of got together. Uh, why don't you just tell us that story of kind of to get us going, that way people kind of build a relationship and see where the relationship was built at between y'all two. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, Andy House. I'm 53 years old. Uh, I, I live in Smithfield, North Carolina, uh, born and raised there and live on the family farm we always have. And, uh, um, but probably when I was about, oh, six or eight years old, I, I started enjoying dogs, uh, beagles to start with and, and, and then some stuff like that. And, uh, um, but my dad was not a coon hunter, but, but my dad was very supportive of about anything I wanted to do. He farmed, he worked in the tobacco industry and, and stuff. And, uh, uh, man, he worked with by the name of Charles Beasley coon hunted. And, uh, we started hunting with him a little bit. And uh, I was probably about, oh, probably 10 or 11 years old. And, uh, we got a dog and, you know, I got a pup and it, you know, it wasn't, you know, never turned out. We might've treated a couple of coons in a couple of years and stuff with that pup. And Charles had better dogs than that. But uh, I did see a Walker dog treat a first coon that I ever saw treat. And and from then on, I, I, I wound up with an English pup, but I, I kind of wanted a Walker, you know, pup after seeing that. And uh, we got an old Walker Jeep named Broad River Jill, a gang man giver to me. And uh, she wasn't very talented either. We treated a couple more coons in a couple of months. But uh, we hunted some, and a guy told my dad, I think it was Charles, he said, you know, if you want to try to get Andy a good litter of pups, there's a man at Wilts in North Carolina that's got a dog that's just really a good reproducer. And uh, um, he was talking about Kent Spencer. So when Jill come in heat, uh, we carried her down there, and that's the first time I ever met Ken. I was probably about maybe 12 or 13, and uh, Red Jill and uh, and stuff. Those pups were born, but be honest with you, uh, we didn't know about how halfway how to raise puppies, and and didn't do too good. And I think we wound up with two alive, and and, and they you know just didn't get much out of it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I'd got a little better dog. Uh, uh, my dad would take me down, and we would hunt with Kent and and stuff, and some of the dogs he had along that time would have been uh, uh, River Bend Jane too, and uh, River Bend uh, Spot, and Polston Sue, and Squeaky, and 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 some of those dogs. So uh, lonesome. Uh, they weren't hunting flag. I don't. Uh, tracking collars were just beginning to be a thing that you used, and uh, I don't think they turned flag loose too much. I uh, went one day and. He had come out missing off the chain, and they found him about two miles with a coon tree in the man's yard, I think Kent said. You know, so didn't hunt flag, never never hunted with flag. Uh, got to pit him on the head a bunch, but never never hunted with him. But anyway, my eyes got open to how I wanted to coon hunt. You know, in pleasure hunting with Kent, it might have been called pleasure hunting, uh, but you were out there serious. You struck and treat dogs. You, you know, you, you hunted with a purpose, not just to go hunting. You hunted with a purpose. I learned, you know, I don't know if I studied my lessons too well, but I learned what you're supposed to do to try to get a dog ready. I learned what you're supposed to look for in a dog and what you're supposed to expect out of one. And he really raised a bar for me uh, and stuff, uh, you know, but we hunted together a lot. And then I did, was fortunate enough to, uh, breed Jill again to a son of flag, and out of that cross, uh, 
came the little bounce dog. And when I was a senior in high school, uh, I won the PKC state championship with him uh, and stuff. And uh, he helped me a lot and, and really opened my eyes about how to, uh, how to, you know, stay on a dog, get the most out of a dog, but mainly how to get one ready. And when you think he's ready, hunt him about 30 more days. And, and, and when you go, know you're prepared for a lot of different scenarios in hunts uh, and, and stuff. So that's kind of my history with, with, with Kent. Uh, you were talking about, we kind of stopped at Mr. Kent's store where he got into Walker dogs. What year was that that you were getting, in, you first got into the Walker dogs? I, I had Walker dogs. I, I was still hunting great dogs in uh, late 50s. About 57 or 58, I uh, had a little Walker dog. He's a mediocre dog. He could, like most dogs, uh, Walker dogs back then, he could run a track. He would go hunting. And most of them were just a bit slack on ability to tree coons, you know. They uh, had to, had to, interest on the ground rather than the tree and uh, <clears throat> at that time uh, I was hunting with a man named Nick Rousey and Emerson uh, uh, Eanes a man there, there in uh, work for the city in, in Danville, Virginia he had walker dogs uh, his was mostly white cloud bread but he had one dog the Smoky Hollow Jack dog was a corn belt test uh, dog and he was more on the tree line than the other dogs that Emerson had. And uh, uh, Nick Rousey and I went and uh, to Houston Cooks that lived at Pelham, North Carolina. He had a dog he called Cake. Uh, it was later bought by James Hawker. But he, he raised the old Cake dog and she was really a single registered dog. And it came from uh, uh, Emerson Eanes. I was trying to think of his name, but uh, Emerson Eanes had a, an old white cloud dog and called him Spot Tim. And he was bred to a little ringneck cur dog, and that's where Kate came from. And uh, Kate uh, was later bred, uh, single registered, and was bred the house's chief. Well, then. Uh, Houston had a little female out of there, out of the house of Chief and Kate, and Nick Rouse and I bought her from him, and she was just a, she was a mediocre dog, um, had a little bit more treeing, but she was a little bit uh, lacking on the track power and the, and, and the hunting ability, and we took her down there and bred her. <clears throat> the Smoky Hollow Jack dog, Emerson Eanes had passed away and he had sold Smoky Hollow Jack to a man at uh, Deep Run, North Carolina. I can't remember his name, but out of that cross, there was four four pups. I got two and both of them was uh, little walking females. Willard Burnett, he got two, a male and a female. And to my knowledge, that's the only four that turned out, uh, you know, worth a quarter. And the main one that I, I liked the best was River Ben Dixie. And she was the first true layup walker dog I ever laid eyes on. And she started treeing uh, about seven months old. And my 
wife had called me at work, said she had treed something in the backyard, didn't know what it was. And I got home, she had treated a groundhog. <laughs> and, and she'd been treated about an hour and a half then. And that started me on the way. And Willard Burnett's rough dog was a little mate to her. And he was just a, he was just an outstanding dog also. But we started hunting those pups and we hunted four of them together. Didn't have any better sense than singling them out at that time. But all four of those dogs were really nice dogs. And uh, I made uh, the little old Dixie dog, I made her a night champion. Didn't know nothing about the hunts or anything else, but stumbled through it and made her a night champion of real early age. And uh, later on, talking to Timothy Ball, and I was telling him the qualities that she had, good and bad. And he suggested I breed her to Norman's Coonstopper. And that's what I done. And like it broke me up, shipping her out there to have a bread to that dog. But out of that came some pretty fair dogs. Um, I had uh, two, and one of them, uh, he died at a very young age. The other one was a solid, just about a solid white dog with a dappled ear on one side, and I called him Joe. And to make a long story short, he didn't live very long either. He uh, could not digest his food after he got some age, and he was bred one time, and uh, that was the Rousey's queen. You know, it was a dog that I gave uh, Nick Rousey, um, or I bought from Nick Rousey and gave her to uh, Dewey Rouse. Out of that cross, Flag and Runt, Henny, Deacon, and all of them except one turned out outstanding for, for dogs at that time, you know, back then. The dogs that would go hunting, strike a track, run it, tree and stay tree, and sometimes tree layups. Not all of them were layup dogs, but several of them were fair layup dogs at that time. And people talk about layup dogs. Sometimes, well, different opinions, but people say they have a layup dog and he just tight mouth and he just ain't opening on track. Uh, my opinion on layup dog is if you take him in the wintertime when the coons are laying out sunning and you treat coons with in the daytime, then you got a layup dog. Other than that, a whole lot of that is just, it. it's not really layup dogs. They just not opening on the track. Flag, he was just, he was a little bit exceptional because he was always moving. You didn't ever see him when you turned him loose. If you ever seen him, he was at a full gallop. And he started real early and uh, I didn't ever think about studying the dog or anything like that, but uh, the people around, Jerry Rouse, Henry Blizzard, oh, there's quite a few of them, Benny Parsons, Marion Cutler, Willard Burnett, David Winesett, B.H. Mullins, Steve Smith, Charlie Bunn, Bill Whitson, Paul Austin, uh, all these guys that hunted with flags, they kept asking me to to advertise, but 
Uh, I went a long time and did not advertise him at all. But quite a few people were breeding to him at that time. And that's the story on River Bend flag. Getting back to Andy, he was, he had the bounce dog. And, uh, let's talk a little bit more about flag if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, there's, I think there's a lot more we can say about old flag. I mean, and the stuff that he did as a, uh, stud dog. I mean, just, so what year was all this taking place? What year was flag born? He died. Born in about 76 or 70. He died in 85. So it must have been in 70. He must have been born in 72, I believe. Well, 72 I, I, or 73. I, I, think he, I think he died in about 88 or so. So I think he's born in 76. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Or close. Okay. close. I'm, not, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't yeah. have anything yeah. on it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I, I think he was, was born in about 76 or so. And I, I think Flag was probably. I think that dog passed away in maybe '88 or something, you know, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was he was 13 years old when he passed yeah. away. You know? But now he had an awfully strong uh, competitive career too. Oh God, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. tell him a little bit about that because y'all put <clears> him <throat> in a lot of big hunts and stuff. Well, about 14 months old, he placed second at the Grand America. Uh, he had 900 plus points, and I don't remember. The dogs in the cast, I know there's an English dog and there's a Walker dog that a lot of people was interested in. And uh, the first turnout, everything had opened with flag. And uh, we are sitting there and the, the Walker dog had got treed. And my opinion, he was in water then. And he wasn't treed. But anyway, we sat there a little while. And I said, well, if he's treed, let's go on to it. And the long point, they finally minused him. And I asked him, I said, well, he's minused? He said, yeah. And I said, well, tree flag. He said, do what? I said, tree flag. And he said, where? I said, listen right back on And we finally walked in our tour, and the English dogs had went to him, and he had a coon. And the next coon we treed, we turned loose. The flag struck right off in the chain. And... We turned them loose and it didn't go 25 yards and all of them fell tree. And I had first and first on that. And uh, the third tree we made, the man with the walker dog got a little bit, well, he was not very pleasant. And so it started from that point that the dogs got treed and I didn't tree flag. And he told me he thought I was a, Poor sport, not tree. Now I told him, I said, "Hey, my dog ain't tree." When Flag got treed, he was back up close to the road, and some of the spectators went up there and and uh, hollered down there. I said, they, "Said dog up here got the coon." And I told him, I said, "Look, uh, I don't have any spectators because they figured there's no scratches, you know." And uh, he had another coon, but anyway, uh, he finished that hunt up. And 900 plus, and he placed second. And I think he was 14 months old at that time. And uh, he uh, mm, he won uh, Grand Night at Walker Day uh, at uh, Blue Tick Days at Wilson, North Carolina. He won Grand Night uh, at uh, Walker Days in uh, Farmville, Virginia. Uh, Look, 
Little World Hunt. He plays yeah, place in the Little World Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never did get him in the World Hunt, not the place. It looked like I had bad luck at the World Hunt with him, but uh, he was he was a real competitive dog. He was uh, hard going, and he, you never seen him loafing. When you turned him loose, he he was just all business. He was a good tree dog and an exceptionally good track dog. And and how did he differ from dogs of that era? Was he well, ahead of his time almost? Somewhat. He would get by himself quite a bit, but not not like dogs run now to get a, just get away from dogs. He just hunted so hard that it was it was difficult for most dogs to stay up with him and run the track. Uh, first time Bill Whitson hunted with him, and he had a night champion blue dog at that time. And he swore up and down as running two tracks. But when Flag was about 10 months old at that time, and when Flag tree, we was just about two flags before Bill's uh, night champion dog got on the tree. And he said, oh. <laughs> so, and he would just, he would just morally leave the hogs on track. They couldn't, couldn't run with him. Not, not very few dogs could run with him on a track. Um, B.H. Uh, Mullins, uh, from Grundy, Virginia. The first time I met him, I was judging a night champion cast at Southeastern Trail Walker Days and it was headed at Fayetteville, North Carolina. And he, um, thought I was, because I, I went down there to hunt flag and they needed judges, so I wound up judging. And B.H. Mullins was in that cast. And he came up and hunted with the di- dogs. And he said, uh, at that time, Flag and his offspring had ruined his way of thinking. He had always thought of, to have a good tree dog uh, had to be on the lazy side. And he said, these dogs just un, un, just unreal, just just had the drive and the tree and ability too. So that's kind of where that goes. What age was he when you quit hunting him? When I quit hunting him, he was right at three-year-old. So you, when you quit? All, all together, uh, just competitively. Competitively. Yelp measure hunting, probably. Yeah, well, yeah. I hunted time to time. So, yeah. See, once he started in the stud dog, <laughs> at one time he got where he didn't pay no females in attention. Okay. And the vet said it was nothing but just boredom. Okay. And I had to take him, you know, hunting by himself and he went right back to breeding females almost immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, but he was about three year old when, when, uh, the competition and all was over with. Uh, he was grand night, and, uh, and I never did hunt him in the PKC hunts. PKC hunt was just coming on the scene at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so you didn't. Way, so back then, I guess you really didn't have anything to hunt for after you after one was a a grand night champion, really, huh? Because you didn't have the tournament of champions. You didn't have all that. I mean, I guess you had the world hunt still. The ACHA. Yeah. yeah, you had the world hunt. But now you had some some uh, hunts around, you know, you could have Grand Night Champion cast, but very few hunts had Grand Night Champion cast at that time, you know. Um, and I did hunt him in some Grand Night Champion cast. Uh, Walker, he won Grand Night at Franklin, Virginia, at uh, National Blue Tip Days. He won several Grand Night Champion casts. I don't, I, I don't remember exactly what, but... Uh, 
I don't think he lost. I can't ever remember him losing the Grand Night Champion cast. He, he won just about every one of them. And, and most of that was due to just his hustling ability. You know, he'd go on and he'd get treed when he's treed. He was very accurate and he was going to stay treed. Uh, if dogs got kind of rough, he'd just move around, you know, stay out of the way of them. You know, people started breeding to him so much. It was difficult to get him out at one time. And I, I bred, bred him uh, 57 times in 60 days. Of course, that's not no record because he only had a uh, 1400 uh, I mean, 14 or 15. Yeah, what? 1500 yeah. bucks, something yeah. like that. But uh, he um, had quite a few Grand Night champions, and uh, the percentage was over 10% at that time. He's probably got one of the highest, if you're looking at percentage points. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a big percentage guy sometimes, but if you look at that, he's probably got his high, high percentage of, of champion, uh, night champion or grands is, is as any dog in existence. Uh, um, I remember uh, in 89 or maybe 90, before this all grand thing ever got to be any anything to it, the first all grand litter of pups was uh, off of a flag grandson and a flag granddaughter. Flag was in the three generation on the sire in the dam on the first all grand litter of Tree and Walker puppies. And that was mm -hmm. back in uh, like 90 or so. And that was maybe, Wessel's Wild Casey and uh, Pal's Little Jackie, uh, and they made the cover of the Coon Down Bloodlines, you know. And then somebody else said one time that that's where the that's where it all went south when they started trying to make all grand litters of dogs. But it, anyway, uh, that that's kind of an interesting fact. Yeah, yeah. The article that uh, UKC made and uh, the said the percentage. At that time, of course, I think uh, Sackett Jr. had a better percentage than he did. But um, the article in the magazine said that a dog reproducing that percentage was about one in uh, a tree. Oh, wow. A, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, I, I don't know if I I'll, I'll get you that copy if yeah. I can find it. But Sackett Jr. later on had a better reproduction. Uh, Percentage-wise, and Flag did. Hmm. Of course, Flag was bred to everything that come along at that time, you know, because mostly that was backyard dogs, and if it hadn't been for Benny Parsons and B.H. Mullins, it, hmm. it would all been that. And on top of that, Benny Parsons at the time had a dog called Siobhan River Lucky. He was a Grand Night champion, and uh, started breeding Flag, and he 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 told. Some of them that came to breed to Siwan River Lucky, that if he was them, it'd save that money and go down there and breed the River Bend flag. Now that was I thought was one of the highest compliments he could pay that dog, uh, recommending some other dog other than his own. You know, I don't remember how Siwan River Lucky was bred, but he won't no bad dog. So. And Beanie, Beanie uh, has probably done as much as, as as anybody to promote the dogs because uh, I had a conversation with him about two, three year, years ago, and uh, he uh, at one time he told me that starting dogs off the River Bend flags, how he made his house payment for for several years. He said he didn't, he wasn't able to keep a dog past twelve or fifteen months old because he'd start them and somebody would come along and buy them. And uh, he, he even ran an ad in the Southeastern Tree and Walker yearbook in the late 80s and listed over 30-something dogs and probably 
two-thirds of them went on to make Grand Night Champion that he had he had kind of had a had, had a hand in at some time in their life in in their in their development just off of just off of that dog itself and kind of talk about you know flag how'd the name come about was he flag tailed no he was slick haired dog <laughs> a lot of people thought that but uh, uh i'm glad we're clearing this up yeah <laughs> he, like, he was a little bit on the short hair side i i always like a dog with a little better coat of hair than he has because these briars and things you know on a short hair dog it takes a toll you know but uh he was not a flag uh tail dog or anything about it his uh name just came from uh, uh deary rouse really he started he's out there one day and, and the man had some game chickens and uh oh uh, flag freeborn and he was standing up there with that tail flopping back he said he's waving his flag and so that that's where his name wound up from three and a dad blank chick <laughs> <laughs> We are proud to have Conkey's Outdoors the sponsor of CHU Podcast. Conkey's is your complete hunting and hound supply store. They carry brands like Garmin, Daltra, Dan's, and even Summit Tree Stands and much, much more. Whether you're in the market for a new thermal or a new hunting rifle, Conkey's has it all. They even offer financing options. Being a family-run business with customer service that is second to none, it's no wonder why Conkey's is the best in the business. So go check them out at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook at Conkey's Outdoors. <laughs> and uh, back then, that flag, if he had a flag tail, though, that was a big bump against dogs, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure about that. I was, you know, uh, you, you're talking about a dog with, with long hair on his tail, is that right? Yeah, like a bushy-tailed uh, dog. It would be. I don't I don't think it, that, I, I don't think yeah. that's in the breed standards at all. Uh, yeah. I've heard tell of it, but I've never really seen a dog with a real flag, flaggy type tail. But I, I'm glad we cleared that up. I, that that's the one thing I I kind of have to defend uh uh some when somebody tries to tell me uh stories about about flag or about the river bend dogs. You uh, know, we're glad. So flag didn't have a flag tail, so we're, we're good there. Do you have a favorite hunt with him? You know, besides the one where you scored nine hundred. Like it can be a pleasure hunt, something that just happened, and it was just a a good memory with him. Well, they, he was a pleasure to hunt, but he was an aggravating rascal if you if you're trying to hunt puppies with him, because he hunted so hard, and he would take a cold fright, and a lot of dogs couldn't even open on, and you could not catch that sucker off in that track. Uh, he'd like to catch catch him on and try to turn loose where he can get the pups on it track they could run but it was just about impossible to catch him off in the track he would just shut up and slip around you and then he treated it couldn't some work he wasn't you were not going to get him off in that track but now if he run across another track he would take it on the trip but he uh that was the biggest fault i had with him was trying to you, you just you just couldn't get him off the track he, you'd have to let him finish it would he come back down did he ever check back in any well, days or anything? If he was gone 35, 40 minutes, you need to ride. You need to start riding. You need to ride. Yeah, because we're talking about uh, no tracking equipment here. You know, hard hunting dog. I mean, and uh, 
you know, which I remember when I first started hunting you, we spent a lot of time in the truck trying to find, you know, I mean, you know, because when it weren't flag, it was other dogs, uh, Lonesome and Jane too, and, and stuff like that. Squeaky, but, uh, squeaky yeah. I mean, uh, they would get on out, get on out, out of there pretty dang good. I mean, it, it was pretty natural that they did, you know, uh, and stuff. So, yeah. He, I don't ever recall him after he got over. 12 to 13 months old, I don't recall him checking in. Mm -hmm. uh, I would usually get him 30 minutes and 45 the most. And if I hadn't heard him, I would, I would get in the truck and start riding because he, he was going to be treed somewhere, you know. And a lot of his pups were the same way, you know, yeah. even today. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And when it, when it comes to old flag, like, you talk about hunting them puppies with them makes them it's hard to hunt them do you think it made them puppies any better trying to keep up with him and seeing what he did or was he just that much that it no, didn't even help him I, I, it was probably detrimental to him to hunting with him because uh some i had i had called because they you know opened out of place some of them would but some of them would open out of place trying to trying to keep up with him you know and i called well, I don't know how many, but quite quite a few. And it usually, uh, I'd like to start my pup before they ever start trying to go with a dog. That's where I used to do it. I do it different now. But I was I start a pup where he's four or five months old, where he would stay around with you. And if the dog left him, you know, he, he kind of depended on you. And that, that I think that helped me a bunch with with flies because he just run off and leave pups and young dogs uh even even dogs you know 14 or 15 months old um they just didn't have the ability to stay out there with him you know uh, they they do the best they could but you just hope you'd hit a, a track pretty quick and, and you know get it over with but that was i think it was detrimental trying to hunt a pup too young with him you know but uh later on you some of these dogs that you hunted um, that would check back, you better mark it down because that's that's not going to last long. They were not coming back. You know, they, they take it up just just hunt until they hit something somewhere. Yeah. Um, and you only ran three stud dog ads on him, right? I'm gonna say probably I don't, less than I don't five. Know. Steve, I mean, I'm Steve sure less Smith, than five. Yeah. Steve Smith run the ads on. I never, I never run the ads. So yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, what Tyler. I, I mean, I, I've kind of thought back and looked back and, and asked, and I, I don't think he probably had over five ads run on him his whole life. You know, and and to Kent's points, I think Steve, Steve, Steve was more interested in that. And, you know, did did quite a bit of the promotion because uh, really, other than the dog is. The dog itself, I think, was his best. Uh, his puppies was his be best promoter, uh, you know, and, and stuff, no doubt. And at what age did you start breeding him at? Cash Lovell, I think, was one of the first that bred a, bred a dog to him. But uh, they was people started wanting to breed to him from, for, you know, for just hunting with him around the hunts or pleasure hunting him. You know, they uh, they they thought that's what they wanted as a dog. And, they didn't realize they going to get a whole lot of it, but they, uh, he was uh, real quick. He proved it. he was, you know, just natural ability throwing pups that would, you know, get in there and get struck and get treed, you know. 
uh, B.H. Mullins and Benny Parsons, David Wines, that uh, they 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 had been there for a long time before we ever started breeding him. And I think Cash Level was one of the first dogs bred to him. I know Tommy Shore. Uh, he's he's a River Bend enthusiast, and he's had dogs. From the time, I guess, by the first or second letter out of flag, he's had uh, dogs all these years that goes back to flag. And, and still, at this this time, he's got, uh, how many Grand Knights he got? Oh, gosh. Yeah, out of that one cross he's got, I think, oh, that Grand Knight champion, Bess, and I think Steel likes a little bit of being a Grand Knight. And Lily likes a little bit of being a Grand Knight. But mm -hmm. uh, the Lovell's Queen crawl, so she's a Grand Knight champion, Jip. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know there's been a little bit of uh, back and forth you and him picking one up about who had Flag's first night champion, yeah. and you kind of conceded. I reckon, I reckon you did. I don't know if you did or not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Tommy Shore had one off that cross called Carolina Ike, and uh, Tom Shore, uh, Tom Shore, good friend of mine now, and uh, and stuff. And uh, Tom thinks Carolina Ike was the first night ch champion, and Kent told him it wasn't. That Kent, Kent, I, which dog was it you had? Virginia had. I, Kent, Kent says no, Tom. That weren't the first night champion out of flag. That's always kind of a friendly uh, discussion, you know, about who had flag's first night champion. But Tom Shores promoted these dogs. I mean, hard as he could since since Carolina Ike, and even to this day. Tom Shore is probably 75 or six years old and, and hunts about five nights a week and uh, hunts dogs in hunts and uh, is a true river bend enthusiast, lifelong. But getting back to the Ike dog, um, I judged him on his first night champion cast. And if I remember correctly, he was about 16 or 17 months old. And the other three dogs in the cast I think the youngest one was four year old, and it was cold. It, I mean, it, and the wind blowing, and I, uh, we turned loose one place and never got a strike, and that was when that hunt was three hours, and we went in there, and turned loose again, and Ike got in the swamp, and opened. The other dogs went through it, and it was. They they was breaking ice in that water, and the other three dogs fell out, and the Ike dog stayed with that track, and he'd get down six or seven minutes on him and he'd open, and I told Tommy I said you need to catch him I said if he trees it's gonna be a den tree he said no nah, I ain't catching him, he went on right down the end of the hunt and Ike got treed went in there dad gone if he didn't have a coon on the outside and one night champion and uh, I think it was. Oh, uh, at that time, I think it was seven or eight cast tonight champions, and he is the only dog that had a plus point. <laughs> what well, was that? Sure, uh huh? Sure, don't let me forget that one either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was uh, what was the first dog that you hunted with or or messed with out of flag, and you said, "Wow, this dog's going to really be a good reproducer." Lord have mercy. You asked me one of the first that I really liked, Andy Hold Your Ears. I'm good. I'm it's, good. His Grand Night Champion Lonesome and uh the other one was Grand Night Champion uh Preacher. Um 
Well, I don't know. I don't know if I like them as good as I did Squeaky or not. Uh, uh, Lordy. He's, he's got him a list here, uh, and, and he's got he's got them dogs all jotted down. I don't think I, I don't think he's got them ranked anyway, but I, I, I think he's got them jotted down. And uh, but um, Preacher would have been a little before Lonesome, and Preacher and Squeaky would have been about the same age. He'd have been a little older than Lonesome, probably. I, 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 I remember, remember you told me some pretty impressive stories about old preacher and uh uh and Pre preacher wound up being a pretty good reproducer in his yes, own right a lot of really good dogs when dave matney wound up with him and promoted him and and stuff uh you know in my opinion probably what hurt him as a stud dog was his daddy was still alive uh you know and, and stuff but uh preacher had a dog uh i think river ben tilly that was second place in the ukc world hunt in uh about 90 maybe 89 or 90 or something like that, but preacher had not but produced some nice pups. Did uh sure. did you ever hunt with Shana? No, I never did. Uh she she belonged to Ronnie Nickens. I think Ronnie Nick well I know uh Flat Rock Coma. I know I, I know Ronnie owned her. I believe he owned Sheena too. Well that's where Coma come from with Sheena. So yeah. Sheena uh, Ronnie won the PKC uh, the nation with her at least once or twice and maybe top female two or three times, you know. Yeah. So, but it, you said you had met you you talked with Ronnie Nick and yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Let's see now. Um, the man came out and bred Sheena's mama. Uh -huh. He he uh, he was he owned a grocery store in Tennessee. Uh -huh. I don't, I don't Rock, remember his name. Rocky Valley Candy or something was that. I don't, don't remember what it was. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah. My God, I maybe yeah. you know I made a seven year old. I, I'd ask you if you remember breeding that dog, and I, and I don't think he did. But, but, um, yeah. but he, I think he was he owned a grocery store and somewhere okay. in Tennessee. And, and I guess Ronnie. I think that's where Ronnie got that. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he got Sheena eventually. Listened to the other podcast from. Billy Bell's dad, how he wound up getting her or something, I, I guess, and listening to that podcast and stuff. But he, he, he did a, he won a lot with her, you know, no doubt. It got to have been about the same era and, and aged at what, you know, uh, Preacher and, 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 and Jane too and, and Squeaky and those dogs were about the same age, you know, stuff. Yeah. And too, I think you placed her in the top 16 to PCA World Hunt in about 84, did you? I don't remember what year it was. I placed her in the World Hunt. Mm -hmm. I had uh, mm -hmm. drawn John Wick out there. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, John beat me one night, second second cast out, and then the next, I got her in the next night. But that was, that was Little Jane. Yeah. Little Jane. I, I hunted with Little Jane a bunch, a really exceptional dog, a little small dog, give a lot of mouth on the ground, get treed, have a coon, uh, uh, you know, a hundred, a hundred kind of, kind of dog, uh, you know, just a, just a fun little dog. I know that Sheena was real successful. I just didn't know if you had hunted with her. That's the only reason I really brought her up. Uh, and of course they were mentioning everybody, the wipeout podcast, you heard them say that, you know, they really believed in the Riverbend flag stuff. And that was, you know, where coma come from flat rock comas, Riverbend flag bread. So, I mean, that's just one of the Great. Yeah, grandson. yeah, grandson, grandson of the flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he did a lot of you know reproducing flag. Did I mean obviously? He was one of those dogs I always heard about. You know, I guess he was way before my time, but you know, I always heard about him. And I just never really knew why I heard about him until you start digging and you see how many <laughs> pedigrees he's in. You know, I think you mentioned to me about a month ago when he talked about this. Said uh, uh, you and Eddie talked about. It, he said, yeah, I. 
I, I've heard a lot about that dog, but I can't really remember why or, or something like that. You yeah. Know, you, you told me that. I was like, well, you know, let's try to make this happen. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And Mr. Eddie, yeah, I asked him, I said, so I said, what about Riverbend Flag? He said, he said, you know, I know that dog. And I mean, I know a lot about him. Heard he was really nice and ex- just really impressive. But he said, I don't really know anything else about him you know i know that he bred a lot of females you know he said i didn't ever, you know and i feel that way too i I knew i'd heard of her but if i knew who he was i didn't know why you know i mean i think a lot of people's like that but uh as far as like uh his offspring we were talking about no uh, so and y'all have anything else y'all want to add on flag before we move along well i i would just say and i never heard of flag but uh you know the offspring of flag and you know uh, certainly can't weigh more uh, knowledge of them than I do, but but I, I think a lot of them got a uh, not enough credit for being good track dogs and uh, hustling and hunting. Uh, you know, it was always kind of tree, 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 and everybody. That's all you ever heard about. What you know, uh, but these dogs that I remember and all uh, got around really good without any encouragement to get around good, and and uh, they they could drive a track. They could get a track going. Uh, some were maybe trailing type dogs. Some of them weren't. But uh, in the end, uh, it was kind of the same result. You know, a high percentage of the time they got treed with a coon. And you know, you asked me, did they differ and stuff? And I was thinking back. You know, back in the era, I kind of come up with Kent. We didn't uh, beat and bang on dogs to make them be by themselves. But every time I ever come down here and hunted with him. Uh, I don't remember a hunt and we didn't have to go pull dogs off separate trees. And, and, and you can, them dogs weren't made, they weren't made to do that. They did that because they wanted to do it and, and because they, you know, could do it. Uh, but I, you know, I remember that a lot of times. So I just want to add that. And Mr. Kent, do you think that flag became, do you think he was more popular when you were hunting him or did his pups make him more popular? His pups made him more popular. Now, he was a real popular dog when I was hunting because, uh, well, I don't know whether people didn't want to draw me or didn't want to draw a flag, but I think it was a little bit of both at that time. Uh, but flag was just a hard dog. He um, was a hard dog to beat. I mean, he didn't he didn't have to have a track to get, get treed. But when he got treed, he was going to see the meat. You know, he, he, he might be through there and just fall treed. And now what it was, uh, and he'd open on the cold track. So I don't believe he was just, uh, trailing in there silent, you know, a lot of trees, uh, Billy Wayne there, Billy Wayne yeah. there. Uh, he told me about two years ago and it's been years and years ago. He said the most was embarrassed was he drove me one time and flag was 10 months old and flag treed three or four coons and nothing else even opened. You know, wow. and, and them boys said, had some good dogs. They hunted English. Yeah, they had some good dogs. Yeah, and he said that was the most embarrassed he's ever been. You know, so uh, flag. He he just he he come up with a coon, and the the most amazing thing to me, and this you may think it's a little bit out of turn, but anyway, I can see. I had a dog not too long ago. I called him uh, Riverbend Switch, and he had a lot of flags traits. I have just recently 
let a young boy have a pup. Oh, uh, what's he nine months old? This is his right, right, right at ten months old. He's about nine or ten months old, and he reminds me of more flag than any dog I ever hunted at that age. That pup, he started tree and coon by himself around the house at five months old. And he you never see him low. He's just like flag. He's he is just about wide open. And now I know this sounds <laughs> it sounds a little giddy. But you can ask the boys around here. It's hunted. He he can go in there and he take a try, and he just fire that thing up and come dead off on the tree, and you don't have to run to him either. But now, uh, what's gonna happen when I start hunting him with dogs? You know, I don't know. But right now, he shows more characteristics of the River Bend flag. And my God, that how many years ago has that been? You know. Oh, it's been, oh, you know, and to, to Kit's point, this pup's got flag top and bottom. He's, he's, he's got, he's got flag in there. Gosh, way back a ton. I mean, you can't even count them, but, but, uh, you know, folks want to talk about traits and, and, uh, you know, uh, if you ain't hunted the dogs, it's hard to tell what traits come back. But if you, if you've ever led one around, uh, that was, that was off flag or a grand pup. And now these, uh, these pups four, five, six generations down, uh we still see stuff uh come in uh you know and stuff uh that you know kent kent brings it up to me a lot and uh the little pup he's he's talking about uh you know hustle got a just a just a ton of the right kind of stuff the stuff you want one to do early on you know the stuff that you don't try to you can't put in them if they ain't got it you know and this pup's uh you know whatever he however he breaks out it'll be a different story but uh uh you know he's just got a lot of natural talent uh he wants to do good he wants to have something going to kent's point he's just doing trying to do something all the time yep. you know and you in a young dog you just gotta you you about you gotta have that and you gotta really know how if you got it to deal with it and appreciate it you know and stuff so yeah well you were kind of talking about lonesome and squeaky there and uh what traits did they carry that from flag you felt like and uh but did he cross better on certain lines than he did other ones that would be difficult to say because he he's been bred yak and river uh different different strands of dogs and and just about well squeaky but she was uh she was at yak and river um preacher he went back to the line of dogs off of norman's coon stopper um preacher was a line breed dog i mean talked his bottom side yeah, was y'all yeah, you know yeah, with some of the same stuff yeah, yeah i mean so preacher yeah. preacher was a line breed dog yeah. but back days you didn't have a lot of line bred dogs because right. you breeding out yeah. Yeah. Night, uh jane too a little jane she was down the river yeah. i mean you know yeah, yeah. um well slick he was uh uh, uh, Slick is a dog that now is out of is out of old the River Bend Switch dog can't mention and Slick's out of a uh, uh, old Russell Beller's uh, demon a female that's out of some demon semen you know and stuff so uh, you know I they crossed about good on anything of course we line breed them a little bit now but I think now you know uh, the old Hickory Nut Harry back in the early days they crossed good on them I thought obviously what Lee Logan did with the clover type dogs up, up there they cross good with them 
uh, you know, and stuff. So, um, I mean, but I don't think it, I don't really think of a particular one that he's better, but Yakin River Dogs. He's always worked good with them yeah, Yakin River Dogs. The Yakin River Dogs right here at us. Yeah, said. well, yeah. more of them bred. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. See, that's like an arrow dog. Mm-hmm. See, that's another. Yeah, for way are. Yeah. yeah. Of course, I didn't have nothing to do right. with his yeah. grape, but nice uh, their dog was just a super, it's just hard to beat, you know. Yeah, but a lot of the early dogs we're talking about were in the preacher also. Them dogs, them preacher were pretty much outcrossed females because people, you know, I mean, y'all didn't, you hadn't really started putting them back together yet, in which now, you know, Lonesome, Preacher, CD, uh, squeaky Jane too. Th- those dogs were other damn preacher were all out of females that had no relationship uh, to to flag. But, see, but they were all out of good deep litters of dogs. Well, well I remember. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked about Norman Coonstopper there. He must have been a big time stud dog back then too. Like not, before not them. With the house's chief and uh, merchant's banjo, he was a lesser known dog. Uh, he's related in some ways, but he was a lesser known dog than that. But uh, and I've hunted other strands uh, uh, line that come off in that. But uh, when the bred the River Bend Dixon, I've never seen anything that crossed like that. I mean, it, that was just a phenomenal cross. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. So uh, when you go from we're talking about lonesome and all them and uh which one was the most successful that you dealt with you felt like and which one was the next one that you bred the most andy maybe you can answer that which one do you remember being the next big one i'm gonna be a little you know i i ended up winding i ended up with uh the old lonesome dog probably i bought him kent had sold him and, and i bought him back but you know we couldn't breed no females much lonesome at that time lonesome was was white with calico ears and, uh, you know, uh, just a tremendous coon treer. Uh, but that's about the time the, the the loud dogs was coming on the scene, the heavy-colored dogs. House of Slipper was popular, and it, we, we didn't bring no females to him uh, and stuff. But uh, I'd be honest with you, man, I don't know that Kent's really promoted anything uh, for it. Well, I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think he's never promoted any other dog at stood uh, other than maybe, you know, several years ago, Switch. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, I mean, but we, I'd probably be better off to let him kind of, you know, tell, tell that story, but we just got him back. He's just, he's just come back in. So if you want to, let's pick, pick back up, you know, and stuff. So, yeah. What about? Uh, we are just talking about, you know, after flags, some of the dogs, maybe that you, you were successful with and of, of them pups, you know, and, you know, whatnot, but uh, preacher. And, about breeding? Well, I or told you, I, did, you bred I, I did not, I did not breed I was so disgusted with the two percent of uh, people bred. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't cutting in on my hunt for, for what I can get out of it. You know. Yeah, that's kind of what I told you last night. Kent kind of did the stud dog because uh, probably Stephen Flag m- m- made him do the stud dog thing. I I, I don't I, I kind of wondered how that interfered with uh, Spencer's hunt, uh, hunting because at that time he was probably in the woods uh, about eight nights a week. So, <laughs> but you you bred them for your personal use, right? I mean, you kept that line going, the River Bend line. You might not offer them at public stuff, but you did keep that line going. Well, well, and for instance, uh, like a Jane too. That was the you know, it was a pup given to me off and across of I'd made uh, the squeaky dog, but a Yakin River dog. And uh, 
that Waccamaw River Jimbo was a full litter mate to her. Uh, he was an outstanding dog, and he threw her quite a few good dogs down in uh, South Carolina. But no, I, I, I really, I really didn't. Flag was my one and only stud dog, you know. Um, <laughs> that stud dog business is not always cracked up to be. 98% of the people are great people and will do what they say. But that 2% that will make you think everybody's a crook, you know. It's just, uh, it's just facts of life, you know. Uh, mm. And, you, you know, too, I, I, you normally keep a dog, what, that is seven, eight years old and hunt them, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I never know Spencer to I never know Spencer to hunt much over about a two or three year old dog, Tyler. You know, any time that I've ever hunted with him, but you know, uh, they were either night champion and about grand or grand, and uh, and they would have another home pretty quick, and you know, and for somebody else to enjoy, and you know, he'd he'd start on the next one. He'd already had the next one going, you know, and stuff. So yeah. see. My forte was hunting young dogs. You get a dog up to where you pretty well know what he's going to do, and I lose interest in it. You know, some people think, well, you know, like to hunt a real broke dog and this and that and other. That, that's not my cup of tea. I like to start a pup, and when he gets up where I pretty well know what he's going to do, that's, uh, I lose interest in it. Some of the dogs that, you know, I've handled and, and started, not that I didn't enjoy it, but it just, I guess uh, the oldest dog, shoot, I can't even, I, I guess probably River Ben Shot was probably, he was, his, but I hunted him till he got about three year old. I think he made grand at two, and, and I hunted him a while in some of the hunts. Uh, but it's very, I just lose interest in him, you know. It's, uh, the way it goes, the preacher dog, um, he was, he was about, well, he had four years to grand, I think. Uh, he's getting close to two-year-old. Uh, Squeaky, well, now, David Vaughn said have her. She was, she was three-year-old. Mm-hmm. So I guess she, that's she one was, of the oldest she, yeah. 500, you know. Yeah, and I think you told me one time, you said you won about, 18 cast in a row with her and, and, and uh, by 16 18 cast yeah. in a row with her but then then when i lost one i didn't think i was ever going <laughs> to win another one i lost I, I think i lost eight in a row oh, yeah yeah but uh, some some like that um but getting back to that um these these dogs are not in line but this is some of the dogs i started or either grand out the Ruben style dog. Uh, well, when I sold him, I had him in uh, four PKC hunts, and uh, I placed in the top uh, four, three out of the four times, and I had him in two UKC hunts, and I had a first and second, and that's one dog that I regret selling um, for the simple reason. My grandson was about 16 year old when we when we broke him, and uh, he hunted in some in the hunts, and uh, a man wanted to buy him and offered me a big price, and I sold him. My grandson was about 16, not not quite 17. He quit and never hunted anymore because he got in service, 
and that just broke my heart. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken fifty thousand dollars for him if I was just so I know he thought that much of that dog, you know. But uh, he has uh, made a name for himself as far as his pups and grand pups. Uh, I wasn't Ohio. What, yeah, well, now old style, uh, Ben style. Uh, when he was sold here, it's, it was I was out of town, but, but he he did he didn't he wound up in Indiana, the Midwest somewhere, uh, and um, Daniel Wilson's got a little female out there off the style, and her name is River Ben Lacey. Well, uh, River Ben Lacey's mama was uh, I think a clover white trash bread. She was out of style, but River Ben Lacey has, has produced some pups uh, when bred to uh, Daniel Wilson's stud dog Fred Barron. Uh, one of those pups is, is it good to you, Melvin? And another one is Kickstart My Heart. Uh, and another one is uh, Schooner River Traveling Gypsy, I think. that. Uh, so those three dogs out of that one litter, I don't think anybody needs any introduction to them. Uh, if you uh, if you follow pro sport or whatever, Melvin Melvin won the World Hunt, ACHA World Hunt as a, as a two-year-old and uh, plat platinum multiple, uh, double platinum champion truck winner. Uh, Kickstart My Heart's a platinum champion. Just did real well this weekend up in Ohio at a, at a pro classic, and the little gypsy dog doing extremely well. And Daniel's bred Lacey a couple of times, and uh, I've talked to Daniel over the phone. Really nice young man. And uh, uh, River Ben Lacey out there is uh, those boys out in the Midwest really really like old like old style. Uh, and uh, Jeff McCallum had a he had a dog, I think, uh, River Bend Snoopy, that was out of style, was placed pretty high in the Super Stakes uh, several, you know, many years ago. But uh, style had a big impact. I told Kent, you know, on on dogs in that part of the country, you know, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, I know it didn't carry the uh, River Bend name, but Cone Wax was heavy River Bend bred, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. He'd been dubbed, yeah, several shots, pretty pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Correct. Yes, correct. Nickens had a hand with him. Oh, he did? Yeah, okay. Nickens had a hand in him at one time. Okay, I didn't know. That was kind of when I was out of yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. I know he was supposed yeah. to be a real nice dog, too. Yeah, he was. He, he won a whole lot. I didn't like him. Oh, but there again, you know, yeah. I didn't own him, so I don't have to like him. Right. You know, yeah. I, I, him you know. I, I never hunted him. Yeah. When yeah. Bob Bridges had him. Okay. And he just, he just, he, he kettled in water too much, you know. So, gotcha. But he treated a lot of things. He wanted a lot of hunts. Mm -hmm. But, you know, weakness in water. Oh, I okay. Yeah. But, and how does, how does the, uh, how does River Bend tie into the Clover Dogs? Wild Genie is directed off the flag. Um, um, what's the, what's the dog up? And upper another dog up there in Pennsylvania. I can't even think of his name. Um, Creek Ridge Sky. Creek Ridge Sky was Creek real popular that way. And a Logan's female, yeah. I think. Logan, yeah. Logan's Wild Genie, uh, in uh, 1990, produced uh, the UK UKC World Champion uh, for Tony Daviduck up there. Uh, Tony's Wild Joey. And her litter mate brother was uh, Tony's wild clover, so both of them were flag grand pups. Uh, so uh, you know Lee, Lee Lee Loken and the clover dogs have uh, have 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 tied in well with uh, with the river bend dogs, you know and stuff. And and I think now you know when I look at pedigrees and stuff, uh, you know um, uh, the stylish clover, 
Whitey, of course, uh, you know, he, he's a dog that, that, uh, that those dogs, uh, seem to tie in good now with kind of what, what we're trying to do now a little bit with the riverbend dogs, I think. And stuff. So I know the dog I'm hunting now has got, you know, about as much wild clover in him as he, as he does flag probably, you know, so, so yeah. Yeah. The, the, the tank dogs heavy river bend bred too. Tank, tank, tank is, uh, Sunday's you know, best. America Sunday's best. I think is his name. Yeah, tank, and it would tank in a couple of pro hunts. Tank's a nice, nice dog. And, uh, but tank's mother is a, uh, strong, heavy river bend bred and he was tanks out of Zeb three, I think. And, uh, but his mother is out of thunder and, uh, and out of a Wolf Lake flag. I mean, it, his, his bottom side is heavy river bend and, uh, um, t- tanks getting some nice pups too. I've hunted with several, several nice pups and, uh, you know, off tank and, but, you know, tank and style and, uh, you know, uh, um, even, you know, you know, you even look at what this Neosho river cause is doing now. Uh, he's got flag in his fourth and fifth generation through his sire uh uh and and stuff and um you know we're you know you, you ain't got to hunt with many cuz dogs to to like them in my opinion uh because most of them hustle they get gone uh you, we, we see a lot of the trait in those dogs uh obviously there's tons of other dogs in that those pedigrees that deserve a lot of credit uh you know and i don't think anybody try to sit here and and claim uh it's all river being flagged because you got to mix it all together uh, you know, and me and Kent's had this discussion a thousand times, and I think I've mentioned to you, uh, you know, uh, it, it ain't all flag, but uh, we we kind of see now and know what works good with it, you know, and uh, uh, whether you want to accept it or not, it's in there, <laughs> and uh, we still see it come out, you know. Yeah. And okay, so we know Riverbend flag wasn't collected. Was any sons off a of flag collected? Midwestern Laser Works is a small business dedicated to providing top-tier laser engraving services to their valued customers with quality and satisfaction as their top priority. If you're in need of any custom laser engraved services, please do not hesitate to contact Midwestern Laser Works today. There's no order too large, no order too small. Everything from tumblers to business cards. You can find out more on Facebook. Find them at Midwest Laser Works. Contact owner Bryce Matthews for more information. There's a link in the description box below. Uh, Riverbend Shot Boys is the only one I know of. He's recently been bred, uh, shot semen bred to a dog, but she goes back to Riverbend Dogs too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what what's it going to come out of that? But now he's out some pretty good dogs. Uh, Andy probably won't agree with that because uh, – the time that he beat me so bad, I was hunting a uh, dog golfing shot. <laughs> uh, tell you the truth about it, Lonesome was a tight mouth tree dog. Um, the tight mouth on track. He was a third and fourth strike dog. And Bill Whitson had a grand night champion female called Honey that everybody around thought she was a world beater. Nice dog. I was hunting a bullet dog, Grand Night Champion dog off and shot. And in fact, he was a, a double Riverbend flag bred dog that people bragged on. And I might have said a thing or two about him because he really, really impressed me. One of the loudest dogs you could ask for. And we draw lonesome 
uh, Andy at Wilson at a PKC hunt, and everybody said they were going to Raleigh to head them off as they come through. That's how hard <laughs> all three of them hunted. <laughs> oh, they would get gone. <laughs> Listen, we had five tracks that night on that hunt. We had eight trees. That lonesome dog, how he got five first strikes, I don't know. But he got five first strikes, five first trees, one track. He trailed 15 minutes before lonesome, I mean, the, before bullet or honey ever opened on. I had, I don't know where I would wound up strikes, but I had three trees with, with bullet. And honey never had a tree all night. And Andy has never let me forget it. You know, so. <laughs> We were, I, we were coming out of the woods. No, let me tell you, we were coming out of the woods, and I told Bill Whitson, I said, Bill, I said, I'll never tell nobody about this hunt if you won't. He talks real slow. He said, well, you can rest assured I won't ever tell nobody about this hunt. And he says, y'all ain't going to have to. I'm going to publish in the American country. <laughs> Oh, that was a that was a fun hunt for me and me and that dog. Me. <laughs> what was the what was the final? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Gosh, it was a two hour hunt, and we, I don't see how we did it all, but we did get to move a little bit. But they were split; they were just split close together all night. And I think of my five trees. I think we might have seen about about four four coons and bullet head coons. And I, I don't know. I, I I was wondering what dog I was hunting that night because he was it was kind of funny. He was uh he was tight mouth when Ken owned him, and when I got him, he was silent. <laughs> Anyway, and you know, anyway, but uh, old Lawson could tree some coons, and uh, that's why you got shit up because you're afraid he's gonna get killed and lose him. Really hunts so hard yeah. and all of this tight mouth, but now Andy on Lawson till he died, and he he scored in Canada on a Friday night at the Canadian Open. He scored seventeen hundred and twenty-five plus points, and he won Grand Night. And high scoring dog. Saturday night he went back. He scored seventeen hundred and seventy five plus points. And he won he won uh grand night but didn't even win a high scoring dog. Yeah. That that now I, I I didn't have him then. Mike Yates had him and uh and Mike didn't even run a tracking collar on him no. up there treat no. so many coons. No. It just no. like squirrels. I mean everybody's anybody that hears this podcast is gonna say that's a crock. But yeah, it was a three hour cast. You were treating coons like squirrels, and uh, he could treat them like that, buddy. And uh, but now if you weren't in coons, you know, uh, I had a, a wildlife tracker and a Johnson beat beat collar, and uh, we'd cut him loose. And uh, if he was gone 30 minutes, you got out and see which direction he was gone because you probably weren't going to hear him uh, and, and stuff. But uh, he was a dog now. Ken asked me the other day, how would you like to have him? doing what you're doing now and which i i go to a few of these uh, i'm going to a few of these presidents and stuff and and i'm thinking oh my gosh i said i i had a i owned a a pro style dog with an open event budget is what i had i i, I couldn't go and was young and stuff but uh he'd be struck for 50 and a quarter and and treed for a hundred and uh he had a good name because that's what he liked being was lonesome over there by himself that was his Forte and have them coons, uh, you know, and stuff. And uh, he's actually in a lot of the pedigree. He was, I don't think we ever bred him probably three or four times. And then he died, he died about eight years old. His kidneys failed on him, had some kidney issues. But uh, um, he had a daughter uh, named River Ben Sweetie 
that we're seeing in a lot of pedigrees to today through through some of those dogs and uh uh through switch and more of them that were breeding on them stuff but uh um about 30 percent of sweetie's puppies made night champion or grand so she was kind of a, a blue hen out of lonesome you know so uh that's what kind of keeps him um, in in the in some of the pedigrees that we that we see today, you know and stuff. But uh, he was a fun dog, and I was just uh, blessed to get a chance to have a part in owning him and uh, enjoying him. And uh, he's he's my measuring stick. Everybody's got one, and he's mine. That dog would would work exceptionally well in the in the game that we have today. But he he just what folks try to draw up and want to have independent uh uh middle middle to lower strike dog by itself with a coon yeah yeah that's awesome was thunder off of him no no uh i'll let can't tell you uh, let can't tell you about the thunder story because you, you're going to kind of get in the era of dogs now um i got out of the sport in about 94 um i had a, a lonesome passed away and my job started having to get me on the road and I was overseas some and, uh, uh, but I'm gonna let Kent kind of, Kent can pick up about, uh, about how thunder came about. Okay. The June, old June dog was off the flag and the John Wayne, which that's another dog we forgot to mention. Yeah, John Wayne, for sure. uh, Grand Line champion John Wayne was, uh, he took some awful good dogs, but anyway, I had a female offered him, and she she's on her dog I ever had made night champion and not a first three was ever got on her where Kung was seen. She was she was just she was a second probably a second strike dog and absolutely a first three dog. And uh I let a boy hunt her and he she hadn't been in heat in two years and he called me and uh, I had let him hunt two dogs. One was a male dog. It was out of shot. He told me she was getting off of fat. I went up, I said, you dummy. And, and, and JT, that she had four puppies for her half-brother. And there was four pups, and all four of them were tree coons. The only one that was kind of slack was a Dan dog that uh, Kevin Hendricks owned, he was a hard-going dog, but when he hit a tree, he'd give a locate, and it might be 30 to 45 seconds before he came back on it. And when he did, he, he would have a coon, but a dog that long on a tree, you know, you, you ain't gonna win him any hunt. But now the, J, the June 2 dog, we called her JT, and she, she was just, well, she just phenomenal. This she, would be Th Thunder's mother now. This, yeah, this, this is Thunder's mama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I took her and I bred her to Stylish Harry. And the reason I bred her to Stylish Harry, a boy here had a dog out of uh, shot and he wanted to breed her uh, to Stylish Harry. And he said he couldn't really afford it. Well, I paid the stud fee and and paid a man to take her out there to breed the stylish Harry. And uh, when he did, all the pups died, didn't have a pup. Well, I talked to Timothy Ball, and he said he was, uh, 
he he would go ahead and 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 breed another. And I started not breed June two to him though, because people talk about how wild and hard headed those dogs were. Well, anyway, I, I bred JT to him, and that whole litter was nice dogs. They was hustling dogs. They'd get treed, stay treed, would have the coon, and that's that's where Thunder came from. But stylish Harry and uh, JT. And uh, Thunder, good water, good water dog. He always made Thunder. It. Thunder was one of the best water dogs uh, you could ask for. Uh, if he was by himself, uh, he could run that thing and swim in water just like just like dogs could run up here in Oklahoma. Uh, now, if you put more dogs in there and just make that scent, uh, he would wind up picking that track up. And, and getting away from them dogs. And he, he was absolutely the best uh, water dog I ever owned, you know. Um, he was, I had made him grand, and I don't know, he was getting close to three years old when I sold him. So that's that's a story on Thunder. He was out of stylish hair and that JT dog. And uh, he was collected, wasn't he? Uh, I didn't collect it. I don't know. I don't know if they to my it. To my knowledge, no. I've asked several times, and because when I kind of got back into the sport in 2020, that was kind of one of the first things after hearing Kent talk about him. That was one of the, you know, I was like, well, hey, is there any of that around? And, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't, if, if there is, I'm not saying there's not, you know, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know of any. I'm, I'm not saying there's not, uh, you know, so. I don't know of any. Yeah, you, you know, know the, the shot dog. I yeah. think is one more, one more breeding off the hill. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. but other than that, um, I was just never into. Well, I was a coon hunter. That's about all you can say. You know, uh, I hunted hard. Uh, I took the serious, you know, and and tried to get the best out of a dog. And at that point. Somebody else could own as far as I was concerned. You know, I didn't didn't desire to have a stud dog or anything like that. Yeah, um, the first time I went down there, I, a little old dog and tied up down there. I was 12 years old, and he showed me flag. Old man flag was slick, running up down that trolley. We bred that female, and uh, I said, well, what, what about that dog over there? It was a little real wide blaze face, kind of dapper or something and stuff. And uh, he said, that's Riverbend Spot. I think in uh, spot hunting, he made grand yet. He probably, I don't even think he's a night champion. He's probably about, he's probably about 16 months old, but he looked like a scab. He, uh, I went over there to that dog, and inside of his ears was, you couldn't, it was like they'd been rubbed with sandpaper, and he had about, oh, uh, two inches of hair missing off his tail, and he had blood from the night before where he, 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 he'd shot coons out to him, and, uh, I think he told me that day he hunted that dog. Oh gosh, I forgot how many nights in a row. And old Spot looked like just he'd been warmed over, you know, and and stuff. But uh, uh, he flat would hunt one. Uh, think you hunted lonesome how many nights in a row one time? Tried to break him tried down. To break him down. I hunted him 31 nights at times and I uh, placed him in the vines on the PKC uh, on Saturday. It was uh, already sun was up. Uh, Sunday morning, 
I come in and I had to hit because he got hung in a fence. Mm-hmm. Found him I in had, the fence, I think. I had yeah. to pick him up and put him in the truck. And, and that evening, when I brought him out to take him hunting, I had to pull him out of the doghouse and, you know, and, and I loaded him up. Went over there and shoot. When he got treated, it's about 15 minutes, and that song gun was three quarters of a mile. Just couldn't hear him. <laughs> I said, "The heck with that." Yeah, said he said said he saw right then. He just couldn't he just couldn't break him down and stuff. But anyway, he would he flat put one in the woods, and he had such good hunting around Wilson down here. He had such golf course. <laughs> oh, bunch of cutovers, what it was. Yeah, it's coon. Yeah. Are y'all gonna get a puppy off of the uh shot dog? No. No, we uh I I tried to get one and I wasn't able to get one. Alright, so uh we mentioned some of the lines of dogs, you know, that are winning today that have the river bend in their pedigrees and it's a bunch of them. What about the Riverbend Heritage Hunt? How'd that come about? Well, the Riverbend Heritage Hunt come about by Mr. Andy House. I think the results and the reason it come about years ago in 1985, 84 and 85, they had a Riverbend flag hunt in Franklin, Virginia. And they pulled dogs from Illinois and everywhere else. They would have an uh, ungodly amount of dogs. And you had to and, be a direct son or daughter of River Bend Flag. Yeah. And um, we draw dogs from uh, Illinois. Tom, oh, I think mm-hmm. the boy from Illinois won it one time. Mm-hmm. Tom won it in about 87. That's another dog. CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know, didn't know anything about his pups. I don't know if they bring um, He was a full brother to Lonesome. Anyway, Andy was hunting in that hunt and it was a it was an outstanding hunt mm-hmm. and that was one hunt i i i wanted to win that thing so bad i couldn't hardly stand it and i never did win it uh i placed what second one year mm-hmm. i think so well the first year you didn't even hunt you well, first, i remember yeah. I, I couldn't even drive i well, went I up there my daddy carried me up there and i i, I hunted old river bend bill and I got beat first round, but the dog that beat me won the whole hunt. I think old five dicks. Five dicks. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and boy, I never heard it. I never heard such a tree dog. My gosh, boy. <laughs> he didn't even hardly talk about him. We don't think about that. That's, yeah. been, that's some dogs that go back to the man that we were talking about a while ago, Benny, Benny Parsons. Parsons. Yeah, yeah, he, he might have been hunting. He, I can't remember. He had a, a he had a big hand in those dogs. The air dog, uh, green light champion air. Benny had a hand in him. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Andy hunted in that uh, River Bend flag hunt, and I think he started back, and I think it's always been in his mind to win that thing. Uh, but I hope he has better luck than I did with the River Bend flag hunt. Uh, I, didn't I, have, did win yeah, I didn't have too good a look at this one anyway, but, uh, but anyway, to Kent's point, um, 1985, uh, River Bend Flag has his own hunt. The man that owns him has zero to do with it. Kent Spencer didn't have a thing to do with the hunt. The boys would flag puppies, put together the hunt. I think the entry fee was 100 or $150, which, hey, back in the day, that was a lot. We hunted by pro rules. 
PK, PCA pro rules. Uh, it was just like a pro style hunt. And um, that particular hunt went on for probably three years or so. Um, I think after that, I had Bounce. Bounce was a grand putt. Bounce wasn't even eligible, but um, Lonesome, Lonesome won third in one year, I think. I uh, can't remember if you had him or Wayne hunted him. I can't remember. I believe you hunted him. Second or third? Yeah, I can't remember. It might have been second, but anyway. Uh, but uh, but anyway, um, I've been out of the sport for probably you know close to 25 years. Uh, no reason I was out of it, and you know I I, I guess I kind of lonesome died. I had a female off of a grandpa off of him that I put about. I think uh, she had three wins toward grand, and and I was having to be gone a lot, and I wanted to do some other stuff, and. Uh, whatnot but anyway uh in 2020 i that was in mid 90s so 2020 i got back in and um my sons kind of kept asking about coon hunting seeing some old pictures and and stuff and uh uh you know reconnected with kent and uh he never act like i'd left uh he just so good to me from day one helping me get some dogs to start with and get back going and uh and stuff but anyway i told him one day i said you know what i'd like to have a hunt he said well you know that's gonna be hard he said it's going to be hard to do it, figure out who's in and who's out. But I, you know, uh, uh, I I wanted to do it, and um, I got my my I got myself, Tom Shore, Eric Farmer, Benny Parsons, uh, and you know uh, Don Holmes. Um, Don Holmes has done a ton for these dogs and and stuff. And uh, um, we kind of come up with the, some parameters and stuff, and. Uh, um, we had, we, we put together a good hunt. Uh, I had, uh, paid judges, non-hunting judges ever cast and, uh, we didn't have the turnout we wanted. I think we hunted, uh, we hunted, uh, eight dogs, eight, eight folks wanted to hunt and, um, and stuff. And I didn't even hunt in the hunt. My son, uh, he did hunt in it, but he got, he got beat in round one. Uh, uh, in fact, Kent's, Kent's dog beat him. Kent and Eric's dog beat him. But uh, um, we had a good hunt, well run, a lot of fun, and, and something I was most proud of. The final three dogs, the owners of all final three dogs, had actually hunted with River Bend Flag. Uh, so I, I, I was real proud of that. And uh, Jimmy Agee and, and his son uh, won it with uh, Maybelline, uh, Tom Shore, and Brian uh, was second with Jewel and uh, Chemi uh, was, was wound up third and Chemi's a little grand night champion dog at uh, Kent and uh, Eric Farmer have. And uh, um, he was handled by Kevin Caps in that final uh, and stuff. But uh, uh, so, you know, we're going, we're going to keep doing that. We're going, we may, we may adjust the parameter or the qualifications of it a little bit, but uh, it's something that everybody, but when they left, if they didn't tell us that night, they called and told us, that they had as good a uh, time at a coon hunt, uh, and we, I guess the part I didn't uh, didn't tell you, we paid a thousand dollars to the winner uh, and stuff, and a brand new light. Had some good folks uh, put some lights up for us, kind of uh, you know grow it a little bit and stuff. And, and on top of that, every hunter in that hunt expressed that was the best hunt they had ever entered. And even though some of them got put out on the first go-round, but every one of them mentioned it because I was there, and they expressed how grateful they were for that hunt and how good. I was going to ask yeah. you about the uh, the parameter. What were the parameters 
Okay, so what we did, we identified probably uh, with 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 the help of those four other guys. I think four or five popular type dogs that we saw back in uh, in uh, pedigrees and stuff. Because you look at the time frame, you're talking about a dog that died in '88 uh, uh, or whatever. Uh, so uh, we uh, come up with several dogs, but in the end, it flagging at least the fifth and sixth generation were the requirements for that. And stuff. So, uh, but when we also uh, River Bend Switch, Wolf Lake Flag, Neosho River, Ru- Rudy, he had Flag in his third and fourth. Pretty good, pretty good breeding dog. Everything we can gather and stuff. And the other dog, um, Coon Waxer, you know, he's Flag in his third on both sides. And there might have been another one, but you know, uh, any dog in the end to to kind of clear up any. I thought we'd made it fairly you know, transparent, but anything to clear up any any controversy in the end, uh, if that dog had uh, had been flagged fifth and sixth generation, uh, that was eligible for the hunt. Uh, like we didn't take a dog that had flagged one time in his eighth generation or flagged one time in his seventh generation and allow that dog in, you know, and stuff. So, and I'll be honest with you, not a lot of folks ask about it as far as you know. It weren't like we had to turn. We didn't like turn dogs down or anything uh because of that uh the guys that hunted in it uh were kind of just they found out about it and they were just good supporters of this line of dogs <laughs> their whole life and uh um that's kind of the folks that came to it and you know uh put, put a dog in it you know and stuff yeah yeah it was good food too yeah we yeah uh, well uh my wife and uh I I cooked a little bit of something uh, stuff and uh, but my wife came and uh, got a uh, a guy named Justin Price hunts with me now and he hunts with me and my sons and uh, he he's just a, a a key part of what you know I'm doing now with with the dogs and with hunting in general and uh, his wife Dee came and hunted and uh, and stuff and we had a had a uh, just a good turnout and everybody had a good time and uh, you know you know had uh, my wife when I started back coon hunting. She wasn't a real big uh, supporter of my coon hunting uh, and stuff, and uh, I didn't tell Kent for a while. But uh, the dog I got now, putting the first kill season on him, uh, my wife locked me out of the house one night and told me when I went hunting. When I come back home, she's gonna change the locks on me. And uh, I thought she was kind of—I knew she was mad, but I didn't know she's that upset. But anyway, um, I come home, couldn't get in the house. And uh, I had to get my little boy to let me in the house. And uh, what we ain't little, he, you know, Connor's 16. But anyway, but uh, that's kind of a Ken always laughs at me and stuff. So if you ain't if you ain't hunting that dog enough to get locked out once in a while, you probably ain't hunting him enough. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That's that's pretty good. Did uh? But I will now. Now she's she's she she understands it a little better, and she's more supportive and. Uh, I told her in January uh, what my goals were with the dog I was hunting now and what I wanted to do. And and uh, I got such a good wife now. She said, well, well, why don't I just write you a check and you stay home? And it, kind of, <laughs> it kind of hurt my feelings. And I thought about it a minute. and I, I probably should have done it, took it. But I told her, no, I wanted to go coon hunting. So uh, anyway. Uh, you know, my wife. I'll always tell her, she said, well, how they do? I said, they ain't, they ain't look worth crap. You know, they, they look terrible tonight. And then I'll 
She'd be like, well, I don't know, even know why you bother going hunting. They don't look no good every night. You know, they look terrible every night. Hey, I wouldn't go hunting. I'm like, well, they probably look a little bit better than I say they look, but uh, most of the time. But uh, yeah, she'll, she'll get on that. Why, why do you even go hunt? Why do you even bother to go hunting then? Yeah, you, you, you better have, yeah, whoever, it turned out a lot. If you, if, you, if you stay married, you better have a supportive wife. And uh, I was out eating lunch about, oh, oh, about six months ago. I carried Kent and Miss Martha out to eat at the Mayflower Seafood Restaurant. And Kent was telling me stories and I was asking questions. And Miss Martha looked, looked at me and she said, are, are you going to remember any of this? And I said, well, Miss Martha, if I forget any of it, all I've got to do is 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 just uh, have a conversation with you. I said, because uh, you've probably heard these dogs tree as many coons and talking uh, as, as, as anybody in, in America and stuff. So, uh, but no, Kent, Kent, Miss Martha's the best, and uh, she's been under the weather, but she's feeling better now. And uh, Kent, Kent stays pretty close, and be sure, be sure Miss Martha is uh, is well cared for. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, you got to have that. You're right. So, uh, are there any more dogs you want to talk about right now before we move on? Well, one thing I'd like to say before we forget it, that I admire the wipeout breeders is that dogs because they stick behind them dogs and they push them. Uh, Yankton River has failed somewhat, but used to be predominantly Yankton River strand of dogs throughout this part of the country right here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the river bend flag dog is still strong, but I see some cracks in the armor that kind of let things go that I think is some people that, and maybe so, it might be that they deserve more credit than what they get, you know, but there again, it is what it is. And if anything has happened to, that they did not get credit for, um, I'm sorry for it, but if I had anything to do with it, okay? very very well said and you're right certain certain lines of dogs sure. it seems like people really pushed them and, and made them i don't know it just like like the wipeout dogs it was crazy what they did you know yeah yeah they 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 have they one thing they stuck together now, now don't get me wrong they was competitors i mean they they was out when they draw in the cast they was out to win you know but most all of them was out to win fair and square, you know. Um, there might be some things that happened along the line, but when it's over, they were still friends, and they promoted those dogs, and that's the thing that I really admire about them. And I know you, you hadn't listened to all of it, all the Wipeout story, but something that was kind of funny that was said on there, somebody told Barry Kitty one time, said, Barry, you need, you got something here that's special. He said, you need to... You need to keep you one or two puppies, rock, knock the rest of them in the head. Said so you're gonna be hunting against what you got, you know. And he didn't do it, and that's why the wipeout dogs are as big as they are, you know. That's not real funny because no. uh, I went to Franklin, Virginia, to uh, hunt one time, and that's back when the hunts was three hours, and uh, and you draw seventy or eighty dogs in in the you know just the registered hunt and six or eight uh, cast the night champions. That hunt, out of the top ten places, nine was out of River Bend flag. The night champion was out of River Bend flag. Uh, I was hunting night champion, and all four dogs in the cast was out of night champion. And the, my cast won it, but I didn't win it. Uh, Bucky Yoker with uh, Miss Kitty 
So I think that's the only time she ever beat me, but she gave me a thump. Yeah, yeah. That uh, up around Franklin, Virginia, and all that was a hot bed for River Bend dogs. I mean, man, that's where that first flag that was. Like I said, the guys up there that hunted them and and promoted them, they're the ones that wanted to have the hunt. We had it right at that clubhouse at the time, and still a beautiful. I went up there this year, and me and Justin went and got in and won a hunt up there. But uh, pretty pretty clubhouse I've ever laid eyes on. Still, still a pretty clubhouse, you know. But uh. But, but yeah, and, and I'll be talking about the Heritage Hunt, Wilson here, uh, they have a, uh, a Kent Spencer tribute hunt. Uh, they've had it several years, and it's a UKC hunt, and uh, they have it out of the Toys Not Club that Kent's, you know, helped support for many years, and uh, they kind of uh, have a little honorary thing for him over there and stuff and, uh, and whatnot. Yep. And uh, Mr. Kent... Are you in the market for a new dog box and just don't know which one to get? That's where I encourage you to go check out GNR Cedar Dog Boxes, especially if you're wanting something different. GNR Cedar Dog Box was established in 2016 when two avid hunters wanted a dog box that was affordable and great looking at that. They provide a high quality, handmade, lightweight box to the customers. They take pride in the fact that their boxes are fully cedar, which will last a lifetime in all types of weather conditions. Cedar also ensures your hounds stay a little warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can find out more about GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook. G- find them at GNR Cedar Dog Boxes or give them a call at 615-962-5266. They're located in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, USA. You know, I, I kind of... I had this question for you, you know, as far as uh, Mr. Eddie and myself, we were talking the other night and about gentlemen such yourself. And also another one that we've interviewed is, uh, Mr. Wimp Aaron, you know, uh, y'all are both in your eighties and you're still coon hunting. And, and I know you can't speak for Mr. Wimp, but do you contribute some of your good health and being, you know, how, however you would put it to coon hunting and to being active like that? Absolutely. Uh, I ran an elevator company in 1970. I bought an elevator company here in Wilson, North Carolina. That's the reason I came down this part of the country with these problems and the Austrian bull and all that. I'd say I would have been in the nut house or, or committed suicide or something if I hadn't had them dogs to, to lean on, you know. But they were they were my safety valve. Of, uh, I could be all out of shape about this that and the other and i could go coon hunting and at least i to get it for four or five hours you know or, or it might be all night because a lot of times i'd have to call the secretary and tell them you know i'm gonna be a little bit late you know i hadn't got my dogs up <laughs> so, so that's it contributed mightily to my health i think yeah and i kind of figured that about mr wimp too you know i mean he's still hunting just like just like you do you know and uh kind of contribute that to 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 being active and going coon hunting and, and... well I, I was we were talking about this pup earlier i called him festus and i let a young man oh he he's a knowledgeable young man and he's a good christian boy i let him have this pup but that broke my heart to to have to admit that i couldn't do that pup justice but my wife has had a lot of heart problems and 
she's my number one goal, you know, throughout. And so it's it's kind of hard to put something by and say, well, you know, I'm just not able to do it anymore because of circumstances. But you know, that's that's the way things go, and I think it's best for the dog, and, and I know it's going to be best for me to look after my wife like I should, you know. The young man's name's John Avery Sasser, and uh, John Avery uh, started hunting with uh, me and Justin Price and, and Connor and Carter, my two sons, and, and whatnot. And uh, John Avery, uh, I remember the first night or two, he came over there, you know, and uh, and stuff, and uh, had a dog weren't doing exactly right. And uh, I suppose they were split trading. I went to one dog and sent my young son Carter and John Avery to the other dog, and he got in there, and he, he, he got pretty close to him. He cut off. It was trailing again, and uh, my little boy didn't really tell me till the next night. But uh, uh, he said John Avery, and I I laughed about this with John Avery. Said he he laid down in the path and waited on that dog to get treed, and he, he got right back treed in you know a little bit short order. And uh, they was coming out, and he asked that youngest boy of mine. He said uh, it was getting late. He said, uh, "Do you reckon your daddy's gonna want to turn loose again?" And that boy of mine said, "Well." After what we just saw in here, I'd say he is. And uh, I, I thought that was funny. But John Avery told me after a couple nights, he said, uh, you know, y'all don't hunt exactly like I, I used to hunt. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, me and Justin get after it pretty, pretty good and uh, and stuff. And we we're fortunate that, that we can. We're fortunate that we're healthy and can do it. And uh, But John Avery has done real well. And uh, uh, John Avery went to a hunt about, Oh, two months ago with a dog of mine, River Ben Shug, first hunt he's ever been in, and uh, he won his cast with Shug both nights, high scoring Rester dog both nights, and and stuff, and uh, and uh, John Avery is a, is a good hunter, and uh, I kind of laughed, and and John Avery's a first class crackerjack young man, he's he just super good and Christian, Christian and everything, and I told Ken, I said, oh John Avery's hunting with us, he, he said that's a good boy, and I said. Yeah, I said, but uh, if he keeps up with me and Price, he might not turn out to be as good as you hoped he'd be and stuff. We just kind of laugh about it. But uh, John Avery's got a little festus now, and uh, I talked to him last night, and I told, you know, Kent and John Avery, uh, me and Justin's going to, you know, help him and, you know, try to, you know, I reckon I'm the, I'm the guy that critiques some of this stuff now, what John Avery does and, and Justin and, uh, I don't reckon I'm qualified, but I'm uh, I'm all they got sometimes, I guess. But uh, I've tried to kind of do my stuff since I started back the same way Kent did me. I've tried to encourage them boys to hunt hard and 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 not be physically rough on a dog, but just be demanding of a dog and and expect good things. And uh, um, right after we started back, my uh, come down there and Kent met my boys and everything. And uh, was a, this was in April and back. Last June, I told Ken, I said, Ken, I'm going to take the boys to the Kentucky State Youth Championship, PKC. And, yeah, that's good. And uh, and uh, he was hunting uh, Paul Austin's slick dog. He'd sent slick in here, and slick was doing good. And my my son's first coon hunt, he won the Kentucky State PKC Youth Championship. And, uh, and my other son got beat in the early round, but the night before, he got into uh, – he missed getting into Final Four of a – a 36-dog PKC Open event, 
and um, the little one wants to, he's the one that wants to go deep sea fishing in a canoe. He wants to do everything himself. So I went with Connor, and he went, he wanted to go by himself. So I told Bob Blevins, I said, look, my son has never been on a cast, and then never, you know, like, please, how about watch him, if you will, and just please kind of keep him safe. I said, he can strike and treat his dog, got it in trouble. I said, but just kind of watch out for him, and Carter, I remember I was, I got beat, and Carter called me, and I was just expecting something wrong, and he said, uh, are you by yourself? I said, yeah, I'm over here putting slick in the truck. He was hunting another dog. He said, I have won my cast. He said, oh, hey, I'll call you back in a minute. They're walking back over here. Now, let me sign this scorecard, and uh, Bob Blevins uh, told me when we got back, he said, uh, you sent him off worried about uh, him. He said, he said, you should have been worried about us. He said, that little boy don't need no help or something. But uh, that, that made me feel feel good about that, you know, and stuff. So, um, But it's good to see the young ones coming on and, and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. And, uh, you know, for, for Mr. Kent, what, what, what important lessons would you like to kind of imprint on the next generation of coon hunters? Or what would you want to give to the next generation of coon hunters? Well, it's just like I told John Avery the other week, the most important thing is to be honest. Keep your integrity, and, and regardless of what, we all like to win, and that's just natural, but competing is one thing, and, and doing something wrong or something else. So keep, keep you, if they will keep the morals about them, Oh, they'll be all right. It's a, it's a little harder for them to get out because there's not as many places to hunt as it was uh, even 10 years ago. Places are just drying up. And if they don't do something, this, 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 country, is in a, well, this country is already in a mess. But they need to keep your morals about them. And, and that, would be the, that would be the biggest thing that I'd be worried about is the moral decline, you know, and then young hunters, you know. I've seen a lot of people come and go in this sport. And I'd say 98% of them are just good, honest people. And you got a, a bad one once in a while. And, and the thing about it is just put up with that one and, and just, just not let it sour you on everything else. You see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You are correct. So, and before before we started recording, we were kind of talking, and y'all two had been listening to the uh, Keith Medley podcast on the way to uh, to do the interview or to your office, right, Andy? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Mr. Kent, you you had a story you want to share about hunting Mr. Keith or something? You, you said you, oh, Keith you Medley, Keith Medley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a few years ago. I was hunting the uh, Super Stakes, and uh, I was hunting the Thunderdog. And we drawed out, and he says, Kent Spencer, Z Kent Spencer? I said, well, the only one I know of. He said, my God. He said, I was, I was reading about you when I was a little bitty boy, and here you are running over these people. <laughs> it was just amazing I could get through the woods at that age, you know. He is, he said he was hunting with Joe House and reading everything. He'd, he'd read about me in the books and uh, I think he said most of it was PKC he used to have a magazine that showed articles on people. 
And uh, he he was just amazed that I could still get out there and hunt, you know. And Keith, Keith's a trip. He's a good guy. I think a lot of it. Kent. Kent can still outwalk most people, and uh, he acts like he can't hear. But uh, we were, me and Connor was hunting old Chummy uh, over there about two farms down from his house about two years ago. And really? I. Three farms. Three farms down behind the more bobcat country over yeah. there. And there's no telling how many of them coons has been treed by Riverbend dogs. Uh, yeah. We're probably treeing the uh, eighth generation of coons over there that, that Riverbend dogs has treed. But anyway, uh, well, you, I think you kill them all one time. But excuse me of killing them. But anyway, old Chummy struck a track in there, and I shot Ken a text and told him we was going to be hunting over there and step out on the porch. And uh, Kent's always on me about killing his coons and stuff and whatnot. We don't tree enough to kill but uh, old Chummy struck a track in there, and old Chummy trailed in there a little bit, and just, ow! And my, my son said, there it is. And about that time, we was on the K&M, and my phone booed. And he said, who was that? And I looked at it, and it was Kent Spencer, and he said, tree Chummy. And I said, he acts like he can't hear real good. And I said, well, this dog's a mile over here just about. And he, I said, he done treat him on the first bark and stuff. So uh, anyway, he can walk you to death and uh he's took some big strides and uh get through the woods good and just a, you know i think uh, you know he he brings a lot to the table but we'll probably never see what i'd call woodsman again of of that caliber uh you know i mean i'm certainly not one of them and i'm sure there are others that are but a lot of way better than me but uh he's just a good woodsman made you notice a lot of things about dogs and situations um, that you wouldn't notice uh, and stuff, probably generally. And I, I he's kind of got me to where I overanalyze stuff, and we kind of break down hunts. And uh, I talk, I talk coon dogs to about two people, and that's it. And uh, well, three. I I, I talk Tommy Shore, and uh, Justin Price, and of course my sons. But uh, I talk coon dogs about three days a week with Kent Spencer. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I can. Uh, Mr. Kent, you, you learned all that about the woods and everything staring at that Garmin screen, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'd had one of them things, I'd have been 20 years younger because I'd have saved at least 20 <laughs> years of my life. Yeah. That's the first thing we start when I started back coon hunting, I didn't know what a Garmin was. And, uh, we got those Garmins and, uh, I'd had a beat beat and a wildlife and a Johnson trackers, all I'd ever known. And uh, I said, dang, oh, boy, this is pretty cool right here. And we started hunting. I looked over there, and my, my, both my sons, they had a Garmin looking at it. And I thought to, my, I thought to myself, well, y'all need to be listening. And they, one of them said something. I said, all right, give them to me. And I took them away from them. And uh, that, I made them hunt without a Garmin. And uh uh, kind of upset me. I got thinking about them things are addictive. No more addictive than a than a video game. And I took them away. And uh, somebody uh, was going to that hunt, at, you know, that Kentucky State Youth Championship. And uh, they said, "Boys ain't been cooned up long enough to be doing that like that." I said, uh, uh, "Trust me, we wouldn't be leaving the house uh, if I didn't think we couldn't win some." And uh, we went, and uh, we got a dog in all three nights out there, and uh, Connor ended up winning the winning the youth championship, and uh, I'm I'm proud to say that it that it wasn't with the aid of a garment. I mean, I, I love him. I'm glad. And the dog I got now, I I wouldn't probably I I he'd stay lost half the time without one, but uh, 
uh, yeah, I, I figured Kent was going to uh, get chuckle about the Garmin deal instead. So. Uh, yeah. I'll tell y'all that real quick, uh, Ricky Bayham, uh, he's a tax termist not far from here. He's been on another podcast, Between the Tines, a deer hunting one. His son was handling my bandit dog in a youth hunt. That He hadn't never hunted a bandit, but like two times or whatever. And Lincoln wasn't real experienced with hunting, but he wanted to kind of try it out. So then they had a little youth hunt over here. And, you know, we knew the people putting it on. So he went over there and hunted in it. And he uh, had a hundred and hundred out the truck on a coon, just bam, bam. And he said, Ricky, Ricky said, uh, yeah, he turned him back loose and bandit was in there, you know, 800 yards or whatever, however far he was, I don't know. And, uh, he had opened on the ground and Ricky said, next thing he knew, he heard, and he, he, the bandit ain't never said a word. And he said, Lincoln said, bandit's treed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Took a hundred minus right there. (laughs) So that's what looking at that garment will get you. Yeah, I, one thing about the boys, I you know, and they, one of them saw me make a mistake, and I made a lot of them, but in the uh, PKC, uh, you know, qualifying youth, uh, the world hunt this year, last year in a qualifying round, I made a mistake on that, and uh, and that boy, after I did that, and of course, I thought the guy had been hearing my dog the whole time, and I made the call, and he said he didn't, and he minus me, but anyway, um, Connor, we got back to the truck, and he said, Daddy, as many times as you've told me to be sure they've got my dog good. I cannot believe you just did that in the world hunt. And I'm like, well, I did it, son. Anyway, and uh, pretty, it's kind of a good feeling when you when your son critiques you, though, know, in any way. So, yeah. But, yeah, uh, anyway. for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. W- anything else y'all want to add before we sign off? I mean, have we covered everything? I don't want to miss anything. I know it's a lot of information. We've been at it two hours and nine minutes now. Well, one thing. I'd like to mention, just to show that I'm not a novice, you know, at coon hunting. Um, I don't I'd think like anybody's going to gonna say that, but yeah. <laughs> I'd like to run down the list of dogs that I can remember that I had something to do with, either uh, starting them or grinding them out or, or what have you, you know, but had hands-on stuff, and they wouldn't have to be the two favorites would have been the old Dixie dog and the Ann dog years ago, you know. Um, and then uh, uh, the Flag Daddy, I made I made him and his mama both night champions. And uh, Joe was, um, he was less than two-year-old when he died. He couldn't adjust his food. And it just, to the point that, you know, had to put him to sleep. And then uh, the River Bend style dog, and then Grand Night Champion River Bend Thunder, Grand Night Champion uh, Jane Two, Grand Night Champion Preacher. I, I sold him with four wins towards Grand Grand Night Champion Squeaky, Grand Night Champion Lonesome, Grand Night Champion Shot, uh, Grand Night Champion Bullet, Grand Night Champion Post and Suit. Uh, she had four wins when I sold her. Uh, Grand Night Champion Riverbend Switch. Um, that was a, in my opinion, one of the most overlooked stud dogs in this whole line of dogs. Um, Tommy Shore has I don't know how many grands out of it, uh, and he was bred very little, but now he was a ugly kind of a dog, um, and white. Well, a lot of people call him ugly. I like him. 
kind of a white dog. Uh, but he was kind of a chunked up dog. But now he, I, I think Andy was one of the all time miss. I don't think he bred what four, three or four times. It wouldn't have been a ton because he don't have a lot of pups. Yeah. But when I started back hunting, I would go to Kent's and kind of try to catch up on on 20 years of, of of missed knowledge and the first time i ever sat down in his living room kent spencer said and and there was one dog that everybody missed a boat on he said he was probably potentially the best reproducer since old flag and i said well who was that and he said a dog called river bend switch and he was a spotted dog with calico ears i've seen pictures of him uh white had some specks on him but um so when I kind of got back into coon hunting, those are the uh, switch dogs are kind of what I kind of, you know, I guess kind of got back going with uh, and, and stuff. And, uh, but, um, and really, you know, I, I like them a lot. Uh, you know, I, I, there are dogs that can certainly uh, compete in today's arena. Uh, and, uh, and we're kind of, uh, about every dog uh, I've got right now is a grand pup or a great grand pup switch. And, uh, I'm, we're putting a right or wrong. I mean, we're putting a lot of confidence in him because if you look at how he's bred, he's he's pretty tightly line bred and uh, reproduced off of. I've looked back off of anything he was crossed on and stuff, out cross, in cross, however you want to look at it. He had good dogs off all of them, and and it kind of goes right back into the same shadow the hell river bend flag did he he threw pretty good pups off about any kind of stock of dogs and uh whether or not you lined them back up tight or you or you bred out to them and uh uh but no doubt switch is uh as we go today in my opinion and my opinion is my opinion but uh uh switch is a dog i like to see in my river bend pedigrees yeah canine university is brought to you by superior light company use coupon code CHU podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com. If you're in the market for a new light, do not overlook Superior. They make the best light in the business. So check out Superior Lights. Use coupon code CHU podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com. Thank you to Mr. Jamie, Mr. Sam at Superior Lights for supporting Coonan University podcast and making this podcast possible. So I ask all the listeners, if you could, please go over there and support Superior Lights. Use the exclusive discount code that is only available to Coonut University podcast listeners, CHU Podcast. Superior, step up to the max. Now, back to the show. Well, I think I think the Riverbend dogs, I look back now, and I waited too long to start line bread. A long time before, I mean, nothing was line bread. Everything was outcrossed, outcrossed. Yeah. And it started line bread, and, and that seemed to bring it back. But now, we were talking earlier, the young pup that I have now is just about the spitting image of Riverbend flag as far as uh, hustling and tracking ability and tree ability. Um, I call him Festus. Now, his daddy was uh, River, the Grand Knight champion Riverbend chummy. I owned him when I grand him out and all, but I would not breed him. Uh, had Several people wanted to breed him. They finally bred one a friend of mine. He got chummy up there. He was hunting him. He bred daughter to the switch dog to him. And that, this uh, Festus pup came from. And the reason I wouldn't breed chummy, because, uh, well, 
I just I just didn't like his I didn't didn't like the way his mama operated. And I, I think that was a mistake. I should have bred that dog several times, you know, but never 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 bred never intended hunting the dogs out of it, you know. And wound up with one of the best pups I've seen and I, I don't know when. And that that pup is actually uh, is a is a grand pup and a great grand pup off switch yep. uh, and yep. stuff. So it's lined up good and tight. And it showed me that subject. You know, it's just wrapped up with it uh, and stuff. And uh, but that, that little pup, uh, you know, at that age, I, you like going to trade coons. I, I, every time they tell me how hard he hustles, my mouth waters and 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 stuff. And uh, Justin's hunted the pup a little bit. Now John Avery's got him and. Uh, Every time I asked about him, I said, how's he getting around? How's he getting around? And they say, oh, man, he's a hustling. I, I said, well, hey, you know, I, li I like that. I, I just like one to hustle, you know, and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, I, I started uh, uh, the grand, uh, the lonesome dog that uh, Andy Sahai on. And uh, I started the dog that Paul Lost advertising that stood now, the uh, Riverbend Slick dog. Yep, real nice uh, dog. Nice and one. one dog we forgot to mention was Riverbend CD, and he had won the flag hunt one year. He did with Tom Cocker. Put him on to get her to mm -hmm. do. And he was a full brother yeah. too, too old lonesome. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, another dog was Riverbend Boone. Yep. He was but, he but, was grand at uh, yeah. sixteen months old. And Boone uh, was a grand pup of lonesome, and Boone won the Boone and Kent won the North Carolina PKC championship in nineteen ninety five. I saw it on. Uh, I saw the plaque on Kent's wall this this uh, later earlier this morning when when I when I picked him up and uh, you know Flag went into Hall of Fame uh, both the same year on his first ballot and uh, I saw another plaque on there. I know you ain't big on accolades, but I, I saw you was the Tree and Walker Breeder Association Breeder of the Year in '88, and you were the Tree and Walker or the Southeastern Breeder of the Year in the early '80s. I saw Kent and stuff. I saw that today on the wall in there. But the River Bend June dog is River Bend June too. You know, I kept June for both of them till they died, and that was mm -hmm. that was unusual. And, and that's the female dog. line of what we're hunting today. That's what we're hunting today. Yeah. So I got a question: D Did the white in the clover dogs come from the River Bend dogs? Uh, there was no clover in Joe, which was Flag's daddy. And he was solid white. He had one side of his face was uh, a black with a tan trim, and the other side it had a dappled ear. And it was the prettiest made dog I ever laid eyes on. And I looked around years and years and never seen another dog uh, that built like him. And I went to Indiana. And hunted uh, with Wolf Lake Flag. It belonged to Jim Yoder. He's he's a great, be a great great grandpa. Uh, he, he, he had uh, I think he had Flag in his third generation top and bottom. So he'd be like a, a great grandpa probably. Yeah. And he was a spitting image built a spitting image of Joe. Now his color different, but he looked. You take pictures, you couldn't tell him apart from the bill. And well, uh, you know. Odd. Wolf Lake Flag's a, a dog we see in pedigrees today that is pretty well. I mean, that's you know, Wolf Lake Flag, uh, from all you know, can gather was a was a solid reproducer. Yeah, he was both sides. He was top, top and bottom, mm -hmm. top and bottom. Okay, yeah, I just I just want to ask that. Yeah, y'all can go on. I mean, keep on with your yeah, list. I, 
I don't know that it. I don't think any. I don't think that. I don't think the whiteness of the clover dogs. I, to my knowledge, no, because now see, uh, stylish, stylish clover old whitey. He didn't have no riverbend flag in, in him. No, no. I mean, you know, uh, he was off a he was off a Logan's wild clover, which was off a hardwood bozo, and uh, he didn't have any riverbend in uh, in in that particular dog. You know, you know. Yeah, I was just I was looking at pictures right now. I know Squeaky was white, and then a uh, Sheena was white. Spotted uh, dog. Yeah, uh, I just didn't know if that was from the riverbend. Uh, as far as are y'all still seeing that today, or are they blanket back dogs? What are y'all seeing? Betty, I got a litter right now. They're they're white, and they, one of them in there's got calico ears and uh, and open spotted. And we we do see some blanket back dogs, but bullet dog was a blanket bullet dog. dog. Real, he was shot. Shot was probably one of the heaviest colored river being flag dogs, and he was off posting Sue. Sue was kind of a spotted saddleback dog, I think. But shot shot was a blanket back dog, and bullet was a heavy colored dog, and. The pup can't how now. Uh, if I could dip him in some Clorox, I'd like him better because he's got quite a bit of black on him. But it don't much matter if he's in there treed with a coon, uh, what he looks like. But, you know, most of them early dogs were spotted dogs. I, you know, I mean, you know, and stuff. Yeah. But calico ears are not uncommon, especially with grand pups all off the switch to get calico ears because I think both the switch's ears were calico. Yeah. I always tell everybody, don't overlook the calico ear dog. Yeah. So, um, River Bend spot dog. Mm-hmm. Um, now he was, he went back to Hickory and other hurry. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yeah. He was off of, you know, uh, River River Tech. Tech. yeah. And, and the early dogs, Hickory and hurry, the old Hickory and hurry, bold, you know, the old one, yeah. uh, Hickory and hurry crossed good on these. They weren't a lot. It didn't, but I remember, he can hurry cross good on them and, and stuff. And then, you know, in the late 80s, they got to put that clover on them, and that worked real good. And, you know, in my opinion, that, that works good right that now. Good oh, long. yeah. As good, a, as good a young dog as we got right now, uh, he's off old river being slick, and he's off of a Yadkin River female. And I've seen her pedigree, and there's nothing but Yadkin River dogs in it for seven generations. Mr. Lee Welch owns her, and as nice a young dog as we could have. My son Connor got him started, had him as a pup. Uh, Justin's had him. I've had him with Justin about probably, oh, about a, you know, uh, I don't know, about seven months now. And, and that that pup ain't no pup now. He's about 17 months old, but. He treated 92 coons from the last of October till February 28th by himself. And uh, we've got his super state money one. He'll be a, a fall one-year-old. And uh, he's a uh, solid Yadkin River on the bottom. And uh, that's always, to Kent's point, what Jimmy Meeks and those guys did with those dogs. And yeah. uh, they deserve a ton of credit for that. You know? Champ was a good thing. Champ, Champ, Champ had a flag through Tar River Mindy, I think. Yeah, yeah. anyway, you know, Yadkin River Champ. Back in the day, was uh never went to a coon that because Jimmy Meeks didn't competition that, but the champ did a lot of good for Walker dogs. I mean, uh, heck of a reproducer. I mean, yeah, top notch hound too. I'll tell you one about Jimmy Meeks. I was at a hunt and we didn't hunt flag anymore, but he he told me he said I I really like to hunt with that dog. And it was about four o'clock in the morning, and I told him I said well. What's wrong right now? He said nothing. And we take flag out there, and I don't like a ball mouth dog, and Jimmy knew it. We went out there and turned that dog loose, 
it must have been about five o'clock time I got over to hunt ground and he left and the low ground hit the small swung a little bit to the right and struck. He trailed all the way back up to the right hand side, come up in behind us in the cutover and sat down and freeze. And that sucker ball more that morning. <laughs> and he had bought all his life. I went in there to him and he had the coon laid up there in the ball. And Jimmy said, I really like that dog. He said, but the best thing I liked him was that tenor ball. He <laughs> <laughs> got me on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're about to wrap it up. We've been at about an hour and a half here. Uh, man, I thank y'all so much for coming on here and sharing your story. And I think it's awesome. I think people are really going to enjoy it. And uh, I, I just can't thank y'all enough for coming on here. I really can't. And, uh, is there anything y'all'd like to say before we sign off? Well, I, I just I appreciate uh, what you do. Uh, I enjoyed your podcast. I'd never been a big listener of podcasts, but uh, I I, I enjoyed uh, the ones that you do. I enjoy the ones that uh, the 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 other podcast uh, uh, and stuff with Josh. And uh, you know, uh, when I started hearing them, I, I, I thought to myself, you know, maybe I can talk Ken into doing one of these and. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I just thought it would be good, and I, I hope it turns out good, and I hope it's well received. And uh, you know, saying about one person, uh, this is about the dogs. And uh, uh, you know, I when I got back into sport of coon hunting, it looked like we might have lost connection with what got us here. And I was fortunate enough to, um, um, several others, not just me. I guess I'm the only, I'm the one that has kind of got us on this podcast and put us together. But I don't deserve no credit for anything other than getting uh Ken in the truck and get him get him down here to to sit and talk a little bit. But uh, um, this is about dogs and uh and stuff and uh, um, you know, letting letting folks know and and there's a lot of good stocks of dogs out there and I enjoy. I've listened to you wipe out podcast. I I don't know how many times and I. I listen to it because I like to hear from the folks that hunted them. I don't want to hear from the man that's got a litter of pups now that never went to the woods with any of them. I want to hear from the about the people that, that had them in the woods, hunted them and stuff like that. And to me, that knowledge and being able to, to hear that, having not been involved in it, is is, uh, is priceless. And uh, I, I appreciate what you're doing uh, uh, for for the sport of coon hunting. Yeah. I appreciate you taking your time and your effort and to put something out that these young men can, can listen to and maybe learn something from it. And I thank you very much. Hey, well, it wouldn't be, I don't do anything but sit here and push record. It wouldn't be possible without people like you two that are coming on here, you know, and I, I appreciate it. Y'all allowing me to be able to capture that and, to be in that, you know, I mean, that's what we do here. And Mr. Kent, you, you know, I mean, I think of you and, uh, like I, I bring up Mr. Wimp Aaron because he's in the state that I live in, you know, and he's done a lot for the Walker breed and you've done a lot for the Walker breed and people of your generation, there's not many left to be able to talk to, you know, to see how it was back then, see what y'all did to lay the foundation for why the Walkers are so dominant now, you know? I mean, let's be honest. It's because of people like you and and Mr. Wimp Aaron and a lot of others, you know, Mr. Joe House, Timothy Ball, that the Walkers are so dominant now. You know, I just want to say that. I might have to edit that out so I don't make everybody mad. But I, 
I hope I've helped somebody along the line. And I've, I've tried to help people like Andy when he was a kid, you know. In fact, I took him to his first uh, super stakes. No, futurity. Futurity back then. Mm-hmm. Futurity then. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I could get off and work. And at that time, his daddy was difficult for him to get off. What little bit I put in, I have been shared 10 million times the, the satisfaction and the goodness I've got out of it and the many wonderful people that I've dealt with. And even that's worth putting up with that 2%. <laughs> you know, so anyway, God bless you. Yes, sir. God bless you as well. And y'all, y'all have a wonderful day. Thank right, y'all Tyler, so thank- much. Yes, sir. Thank good you, talking bro. with y'all. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they are proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days same as cash to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkey's Outdoors. Houndsman. Helping houndsman. I really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you like what you heard here, go on over to Facebook. Give us a like, at Coon Hunting U. Also, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. And remember, if you need a new hunting light, do not overlook Superior. They make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, their walking light and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunting University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.